welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin Orion, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. On today's episode, we have Sarah Nelson. Sarah is part writer, part director, and part teacher. She's associate writer and director at the nationally renowned Oldham Theatre Workshop, which is where I went as a kid, and a visiting lecturer at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama and the University of Salford. She was the 2019 winner of the Inspire Award for Women in Film, Art and Media, and her play Letter to Bodder won the Bobby Award for Best Play at the Fringe in 2019. I've known Sarah since I was a young teenager, and she quickly became one of my favourite people. She is so brilliant in what she does, be that play she's written or working with young people in a way that makes them feel inspired, seen and respected. She's intelligent, hilarious, uber-talented and incredibly empathetic. I honestly don't know where I'd be without her. I'm so pleased she agreed to come onto the podcast. The conversation was so fun and we talk a lot about the menopause, which is something we need to talk about more, particularly because 50% of the population are likely to experience it if they haven't already. She's incredible, and I know that you're just going to love her. Here's Sarah. On a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? What are the bits in between? That's open to interpretation. Oh, okay. Um, quite together. Together? Yeah. Why is that? Got up at six. Mm-hmm. Had to get myself ready to get. I'm always excited when I'm coming to London. So Are you normally an early riser? Absolutely not. No, no, no. I can get up early, but I'm not great at getting up early. I think I could probably sleep until lunchtime every day if oh, I yeah. if I had the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I feel I do feel empowered for the day on those days when I can get myself up and out. Yeah. I'd done like twelve jobs before I left the house this morning, oh so God. I'm winning at life. Wow, completed yeah. it. Made my train. Yeah, with a coffee and an almond croissant. Wow. Yeah, so that is adulting. I'm quite together so far, so but far. hey, it could all go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the thing that brings this it down. This could be the, the moment, the catalyst, yeah. I, I very much hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> what does having your shit together mean to you? Ooh, okay. Um, got to think about that for a bit first. Mm. That's interesting because I probably normally think about that in terms of looking at other people who I think have got their shit together. Like, it's interesting, isn't it? You don't often consider your own state. I think being purposeful. Mm -hmm. So, like, having some stuff that I want to achieve and feeling like I can achieve it, rather than having a completely unrealistic list of things, which... I think I have spent a lot of my life having and, you know, like making a list of 40 things and like ticking yep. two of them off and then remaking a new list. We're just like <laughs> <laughs> some of them and some of them stay on the list for like years. Forever. Some yeah. of them never get ticked off. Some of them were never, ever going to get ticked off and mm. were completely unrealistic expectations. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's probably a balance between feeling purposeful and making some achievements. Okay. And I think that it can vary, like they don't have to be work achievements, mm-hmm. um, just things that may be a validating. Yeah. So um, that could be anything from, you know, getting the cup of coffee that you want from the place that you like to have it, mm-hmm. or spending a nice hour with somebody, or having a brilliant meeting about work, or somebody telling you they liked your work or whatever. I mean, yeah, it could be yeah. loads of things, couldn't it? Making yeah. a breakthrough with a child, in my case, sometimes. Uh-huh. 
yeah, it could be loads of things. It's interesting that originally you said that it was out, outward looking and like yeah, I comparing don't know. yourself to the people. Yeah, I don't almost. know why that is. I, I just think we do that, don't I we? I think that's quite standard. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I think that's what we do. We, we, we do judge ourselves based on how we view other people. Completely. And I think we're more, we tend to think that other people have their shit together more than you do yourself. So yeah, definitely. That person might be writing lists upon lists upon lists, but we don't know that. So. No, exactly, exactly. But I suppose it's because I don't know. Do we have? I don't know whether we have a natural desire to kind mm. of aspire beyond what we've currently got or are doing. Or I don't know. I'm not sure. Not sure about that actually, because I don't think some people do. I think some. I always quite um, admire people who seem just completely content with where they're at. Mm. Even if where they're at is wouldn't satisfy me. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I I kind of go, God, I wish I could just just be happy. I, mm. I can feel. I, can, I don't mean that to sound condescending, but I just I think there's a real contentment in that place. Yeah, for sure. But actually, most of us, probably in the in the work that we're in, anyway, mm-hmm. are just constantly looking for the. The next thing, like when you talk to actors, actors all the time are like, you know, aspiring to a particular kind of job. And then actually it's not necessarily what they think it's going to be or it doesn't necessarily give them the happiness or the satisfaction that they thought it was going to. Mm. So you kind of wonder why you aspired to it in the first place. And I think it's the same in writing, you know, I don't know. We just doubt ourselves, don't we? But I guess there's maybe that thing of... When I consider content people that you're talking about, it's maybe people who are like in a stable job with like a stable home life. And, you know, whereas the industry that we're in, you're constantly kind of look, having to think about the next thing, looking yeah. for the next thing because everything's so um, fleeting. So perhaps there's something in that as well. Yeah. Well, we were just talking a minute ago about careers and the idea of having a career. Oh, God. Yeah. And I think you can feel that pressure from outside, can't you? I mean, I've mm. been really lucky. My. I think my parents have just sort of always sort of accepted that. I think one of my teachers, they went to a parents' evening in year seven. And I think my English teacher said to my mum and dad, if if she was my daughter, I'd nail her to the floor. Oh, God. A bit brutal. But (laughs) I think what he meant was (laughs) she's got all this kind of, these ideas and this energy Mm. to do all of this stuff. It was Mm. because we did this, um, we had to do this charity thing. Every class had to organized some charity event you know like most of the classes did like a cake sale or we put on a play (laughs) set in an international boarding school someone died knowing you (laughs) (laughs) talking about my obsession with death already um but yeah you know so I think he was like wow okay we've got one on our hands here (laughs) but they've always sort of just accepted like my sister's got a you know, it's completely different to me. She's like human resources, mm. right? A really proper job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does like is amazing at it, and is you know constantly could change jobs if you wanted to because people always want her. Um, and she, we're just we've just always been really different. And I think probably my mum and dad have always been like, "That's fine." You know, you yeah. do you do you. Yeah. Which I've been re- I realise now how lucky mm. you are as a young person if your parents allow you to just be yourself definitely do you think that contentment that you spoke of is something that you I guess first expected as a younger person did you think that you would reach that or where you're at now do you think that's ever going to be attainable for yourself I think I think I am content a lot of the time actually I think the the I found the older I've got the more 
realistic I've mm. become about like we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Like people have really unrealistic expectations about being blissfully happy all yeah. of the time. And like that's if you set yourself that goal, like don't expect to ever achieve it. Like mm. it it's gonna come and go, isn't it? And there's gonna be highs and lows and all those kind of things. Um so I think generally I'm quite lucky because I am quite a content person. But with that sometimes comes a just the little voice of doubt that's like you're not doing enough. Like does contented mean boring, mean underachieving, yeah. mean, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. And then you go back on that kind of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take over the world by this time <laughs> next year. And <laughs> that frantic kind of panic to achieve things. Yeah. yeah for yeah, what, yeah. for what is Completely. the thing? Like the biggest thing that I've, I think I've had to assess in my work life is how I measure success. Cause I think you're, especially again in the arts, mm-hmm your sort of success is measured by what other people think of really? your work. Yeah, yeah. And that's just not a healthy way. That is a recipe for disaster. It is. Yeah. It is. And also, some, 10 people can say a brilliant thing about something you've done, but it's the one person who says something terrible that you'll remember. Absolutely. But then when you start to cater your art towards trying to please people, that's also just like a recipe for disaster because yeah. it's not... Well, it never works. I was going to say it never works because, I mean, I'm sure it's true in acting. It's definitely true in writing. You know, you you basically get get people then saying, "What's your authentic voice like? Just do you write the write the story that only you can tell." And you're like, "Well, I've been trying to write, but you said we needed. You said it needs to be more like Bridgerton, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you know that this is the thing that's trendy at the moment, but ah, but it's not you to yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware that I'm going to digress quite a lot because I'm going to forget fine. the questions. I love, I love the digression. <laughs> um, I love that. Okay, well, back to the point then. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> keep keep returning us to the point. So I asked you to prepare or think of an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together. Yeah, this was really easy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Go for mm-hmm. it. So imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. a folder. Oh, yeah. It's new. <laughs> I mean, imagine in your head whatever design you would like okay. it to be. It would probably involve some kind of bright pink colour nice. for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and inside it are post-it notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's tragic, isn't it? Um, highlighters, probably. Oh, yeah. Probably a pack of like multicoloured biros. Very nice. A new pad. Mm. That's it. Very nice. If I've got those things... The illusion of... Of the togetherness, the best play that's ever going to be written <laughs> yeah. in the whole world ever wow. is going to start in that folder. Wow. Is that how you always start your plays then? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A new folder. Definitely a new pad. Definitely pens. Mm. It's like a, it's it's literally part of my process as well. Wow. It's sort of I somehow feel like if I've got all these lovely, colourful things that look really pretty, the thing that I create at the end will. Be as also, also be that. <laughs> yeah, I love stationery. Yeah, it's a proper yeah. issue, actually. I, I, I am similar. I think I do that as a way of almost like avoidance. Uh, <laughs> 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 I definitely like when I was going back to school. I'd be like, okay, school's gonna be okay as long as I have like a really nice book and like, oh yeah, and, you know, and not a nice pen that I want to write with. Oh, and, a lovely yeah, pen is so important. Yeah. But it just, it's the its the sort of um, facade of being organised. I yeah. think that's what it is for me because I'm just not an organised person. Mm. I have to work really hard yeah. to be organised. Mm-hmm. And I can do it at work. I'm terrible at home. Wow. Yeah. 
Like, lo- loads of jobs need doing, and I think, I'll bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> so add flour and icing sugar and everything into the mix. It's already messy. Who cares? Wow. We'll eat Victoria's sponge tonight. <laughs> the rest of the house is burning down. But. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was really easy, the object, because yeah. I was like, yeah, that is the thing. Mm-hmm. New stationery mm-hmm. makes me feel like I am achieving something. Wow. And do you, so do you have like lots of like folders and stuff just full of things yeah. that you've written? I've got loads of pads that wow. I will never write in. Wow. They're almost too beautiful to write in. <laughs> and I never write on the Not first page. And I can't explain it. It's like I have to choose the right pad for the right project. Mm-hmm. So if I've got an idea for a play or a story or something, sometimes the pad just... Oh, I've got 20 pads, but none of them are quite right for this story. So yeah. I have to go buy a new one. <laughs> And I'm not fussy. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I love a paper chase, obviously. Yeah, although absolutely. paper chase in Manchester's gone now, you know. Has it? Devastating. R.I.P. Paper chase. God. Yeah. That but surprises I'm not, me. I'm not fussy. I'm happy with a supermarket. Yeah. A little pucker. Oh, I love a pucker. Love a pucker pad. <laughs> without without the dividers. Yeah. Just a yeah. classic pucker. Yeah. Time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together. <laughs> Is there one? <laughs> there must be one. I suppose when I started teaching, I probably felt those first couple of years of te- teaching secondary school. I think I did feel that kind of because then you don't realise that you know your pay is not going to increase as much as somebody who's working in private sector. Mm. You're like, I am 22 and I'm earning quite a lot of money. I've got a proper job. Yeah. And, and you're moulding minds. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think as a young teacher, you've still got the energy and excitement about it, about it all. Yeah. So you, and they were my kids. I didn't have yeah. kids at home. So I don't know. I think... You've gone into I knew, it for the right reasons. Yeah, that, but yeah. Not just that. I knew... I think at that time, I knew I was doing it quite well. Mm-hmm. Like I could see... When the, the school I went to teach at um, didn't have, so the, the the guy that I went to work with, Alan, brilliant drama teacher, he had um, year seven to nine drama in the school, but mm-hmm. no GCSE and no A level. Right. And they basically wanted a second teacher because they wanted to launch GCSE and A level. Oh, wow. And so I got the job, and then he rang me to say, you know, let's get together before the term starts, so you can help me design the curriculum oh, wow. which is like right up my street because mm-hmm. I've never been with teaching I've never been particularly good at someone saying here's the lesson plan if you could stick to that yeah, precisely yeah. please like absolutely not that's no. that's just not the way that which I work which is definitely what teaching has become um <sighs> yeah feels like that's a whole other topic yeah well it's a whole other podcast away. <laughs> um but yeah so I think those first couple of years of teaching mm. you know I was I, I don't know I had loads of energy for it I I could see that the kids were responding um it was great fun I made some fantastic teacher friends at that school I don't know that definitely felt like and also just not like we James and I were renting a house then but I don't know there wasn't quite the financial responsibilities maybe that there are now once you've bought a house and Mm. you've got kids and you know all of those kind of things so yeah probably that that is one time when I I felt quite also just thought of another one yeah in 1990 
1992. Oh. Hang on, I'm thinking this through. Was it 1992? 1993? It was the year that I left school anyway. And five of us girls went on holiday. It was a proper, like, you know, get your boobs out holiday. <gasps> and there is a photo. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. We all had boyfriends. We all had boyfriends. None of us did anything um, untoward. Well, one did, but, you know, what happens in... Happens in Madden Acosta stays in... <laughs> He's in Benelmadena Costa. Where's that? It's, um, a, it's a bit posher than Tormelinos, I think you'll find. <laughs> I literally have never heard of any of these places. Well, that's because when you get on a coach at Malaga Airport, the woman normally goes, welcome to Benelmadena Costa. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds different when she says it. Anyway... <laughs> Great holiday, and there's literally this photo of me yeah. like leaning on some rocks. These we met these two guys with this motorbike. Long story. Oh my god! Such and a, a van, <laughs> a van that smelt of weed. And we thought they were really cool. They're a bit older than us, and they took us to this lake. And there's a photo of me. I don't even know whether I've still got it somewhere. And I just look great. Like my <laughs> boobs look amazing. I'm brown. I look thin. I mean, wow. you know. And that probably. Well, two weeks, there you go. I always joke, actually, to people that, you know, I was happy with my self for two weeks in 1992, and it's true. <laughs> Did, at the time, though, like, so obviously you've seen that picture now and you think all of those things retrospectively, but do you remember at the time thinking that you had your shit together? No. <laughs> Although of the group of us, I probably was the one that had my shit together, actually. I didn't really drink. I was this sort of, you know, could go out and have a good time without getting really drunk, actually. I was that person. Really annoying. But yeah, no, you don't, I don't think you do see it at the time, do you? No. You sort of, it's a bit like the northern thing of, you know, taking your coat off inside so that you, <laughs> otherwise you won't feel benefit <laughs> when you go out. It's a bit like that. You don't feel the benefit of those moments where you've got it together yeah. until you haven't got it together. And then yeah. you're like, I wish I could go back to then. Yeah. Or I wish I could just tell myself at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to enjoy but that, it more. But, you know, profoundly, mm. that is part of the whole thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is the kind of experiencing it and then the looking back and the looking forward and the... yeah. Which I think is more prevalent now. It's something that I've thought about quite a lot, obviously because of like iPhones or, you know, whatever smartphone you've got and just that constant bombardment of photos that you have because I guess in 1992, maybe it was like in a photo album and you have to kind of go back to choose to well, look at that photo. It, it would be in a photo yeah. album if it was somebody organised. <laughs> but, you know, mine are just in a, in a pile, in a box somewhere, <laughs> underneath 20 pads. <laughs> but at some point I'll write a play in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not in a photo album. So you really no. have to like search for it or happen upon it. Yeah. Whereas like now with phones that we have, it's just like you can get surprised by like a memory flashback mm. or something. And mm. we're now like comparing ourselves to ourselves from like five years ago. I get it sometimes. I'll see a picture of me when I was like on holiday in Greece with mum and dad. And I'll be like, oh God, like I looked so much better then. I was so much thinner. I was all of these things. And yeah, it's just a weird concept to think that there's that access to past versions of ourselves so much. Really. And, and they, like you say, they jump up and surprise you yeah. because it's suddenly like, you know, just the memory that appears on that social media platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a, again, that the world. Yeah. Is a whole other... I mean, I, I was thinking about this because you asked me to send you a picture mm. and genuinely, I mean, this is not like I don't get the mini violins thing out, but there aren't that many pictures of me. Mm. Not that bothered. Wow. I mean, I'm not... I feel grateful about that, mm. that I'm not... I would say one of the things that I'm not is vain mm. about appearance. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really care. 
other than for me now. Like, yeah, so, yeah. you know, like, it annoys me that I can't fit in a lot of my clothes. Mm. But sometimes I'd get to kind of January, and January I'd, I'd think, oh, this year I'm going to be smarter. I'm going to buy, especially when I was teaching, you know, because some teachers are really cool and smart. I'd be like, I'm going to buy some gorgeous new clothes, and I'm going to be that sophisticated teacher. Absolutely not. It would last like a week. <laughs> it's just not me. No. I'm not really. I'm glad yeah. because it would be a, it would be another thing financially to be mm. worrying about, like mm-hmm. trying to keep that up. You yeah. know, buying expensive clothes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't take very many photos of myself. Mm. I'm not bothered about mm. seeing photos of myself. Yeah. Maybe there's something in that underneath to unpick but I, I I'm not sure there is I just mm. don't think I'm that bothered about it well you've always struck me as someone who just is quite comfortable with yourself like I think I am relatively I don't yeah. think anybody's completely no, comfortable no, no, with no, themselves no. are they no and I suppose you could ask me that on one day and I'd be like Completely, yeah I'm really yeah. feeling myself today yeah. and on another day I'd be like absolutely not mm. um but I think if you're going around on a general yeah. thing I probably am yeah yeah yeah. I don't think I'd I don't know whether some of that is about teaching. Like you're so exposed in a room full of and it doesn't matter. Like it's a completely irrelevant whether those people are seven yeah. or seventy and I teach all the way across that age group mm-hmm. now. If you're if there's something to be seen, somebody's gonna see it yeah. about you, like a weakness or I don't know. Maybe that's just something we're told when you're sort of trained to be a teacher. But I do, I do feel like it's there. So if you're not comfortable with yourself, if you're not honest and authentic and present in the room, everyone's going to catch you out straight away. Also, I think like kids and young people specifically have the ability to catch that out immediately. Yeah, they can t- immediately yeah. know when somebody's not really interested mm-hmm. in them, when somebody doesn't really want to be there mm-hmm. and doesn't really want to invest in them mm-hmm. and there are and sadly I, I mean I'm very lucky I know I had some brilliant teachers and I know some brilliant teachers and you but are we, a brilliant <laughs> teacher <laughs> I'm not sure I am anymore but that's something <laughs> we'll, we maybe talk about um, but I think there are plenty we've all experienced teachers yeah, yeah. who you like why are you doing this job mm-hmm. you don't even like kids yeah like you don't even like people mm-hmm. um, you don't like your subject no. you don't I mean, there's there's a couple of them in every school, and you're yeah. like, do yourself a favour, leave, leave. Don't make me stay. You know, go and work in a garden centre yeah. with lovely plants, or you know, just do something that will make you happy. But this mm-hmm. clearly isn't making you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, and maybe it's to do with that. I don't know. I do think you have to be yourself. Yeah. With maybe a bit of foundation on, so that you don't go bright red. Because I am a <laughs> I am a blusher. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I am the sort of teacher that would go bright red. Mm. And I'd be aware of it. And I'd be saying it. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm going bright red now because you've said that thing. And then it would just get worse. And yeah, yeah, I'm that person. So have you always enjoyed working with young people? Yes. I enjoy it the least at the moment, actually, because mm. the world is making it very difficult and young people are very challenged but yeah I think I was that person who you know if you went to a family wedding all of the little kids would gravitate towards me <laughs> I see that for you and I don't know whether that is that was partly because I, I found comfort in that mm. and it was easier than making small talk I don't like small talk yeah. at all I don't really like phone calls they're a bit pointless yeah I realized that more and more and it's why I will never probably work in tv 
Mm. Like, if I'd set out my stall 20 years ago to write for TV and I'd knocked on all the right doors, I probably could have done it. Mm -hmm. I literally don't think I can exist in that world. It's just so much bullshit. You know those moments that you walk away from and you go, I'm never getting those two hours back? Yeah. It's that, isn't Mm -hmm. it? So I suppose that the same thing is with young people, actually. Like, if you are yourself completely yourself and present in the room then you tend to get that from young people Mm -hmm. and even the ones who are really difficult and challenging generally speaking you know that that's not really like you can see through it Mm -hmm. you know so yeah I find young people completely fascinating I think if you open yourself up to the fact that you don't necessarily know more than them I think a lot of teachers Mm. assume a level of superiority yeah I will never stop learning stuff from the young people in front of me, like their ideas. I mean, I'll give you an example of something that you did at the oh. workshop that I, I regularly okay. refer to. <laughs> it was probably in an actor's house. It might not have been, but I think it was in an actor's uh-huh. house. You know where we did a superhero thing and you did the blowing the hair? Yeah. It's like a complete moment of genius. What was that? I can't remember what it was for. Okay. But there was just a moment where somebody was a superhero Uh and some of you, like, literally just stood and blew on the hair. So it was like (laughs) the wind was running through it. It was such a simple, like, thing. But, like, I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah. And that happens, I kid you not, all the time. Uh And, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool working with young people. Young people are fascinating. I'm having to edit myself quite a lot here because I could literally just sit here and praise you so much because you're one of my favourite people in we the could world. Just, it could just be like a, a mutual <laughs> praising thing. We could just do that. One of the things that has always blown me away about you and is why I adore you so much is because you've always created a space for young people to fully feel like self-realised. You give a space for them to be young adults. There's no patronising, there was no... Um, there was no status it felt like in rooms with you um and you were so encouraging you saw things in people that maybe they hadn't seen and encouraged them to grow that for themselves which I think is what you can only ever ask for from a teacher or an adult generally you really have that ability to do that for people and I'm going to take that. You should. The instinct is to go oh you know stop and yeah. all of that but actually if that ends up being the thing, mm. the legacy. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, and if it's two people, mm. if it's if it's one young person, it doesn't matter, does it? I had it for me, you know. My uh, any opportunity to talk about my drama teacher, Steve Dolan, mm. who was just lit a spark in me. Like you know, those just weird like things in life. Like I could have not ended up at that school. He could it could have been a different teacher. Like mm. my whole life would be different if I hadn't had him as a drama yeah. teacher. It was a similar thing. I, and so he was probably my mentor. Yeah. Went back to see him loads after I'd left. When I was at Central, mm. everyone went off and did all these kind of exciting projects in third year. And I went back to my school, you know, to spend three months with him. He always would say stuff. Well, he would remind you to really listen. Mm-hmm. And actually, my mum's always said that to me as well, especially with teenagers. You've got to listen beyond what they're saying to what they're trying to say to yeah. you. A bit like as a writer, you know, somebody gives you a note. It's like, right, forget the note, what's under the note? Because if they're giving you a note, there's a problem. Mm. But the note itself might not be the problem. It might be something hiding away. And he would say that. He'd say, make sure you listen to young people. Like, don't assume that they haven't got anything important to say. He would say stuff like, if you're planning something for young people to do, if you don't want to do it, why would they want to do it? That's so true. So I tried to never, ever plan anything Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't want to do myself. Mm -hmm. And that's worked Mm -hmm. really well, actually. Mm. Is it weird to have an affinity with 
like spending time with young people? Is it kind of me trying to hold on to my youth? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think what it is is that you have an ability to connect with like your inner child, so to speak, and like creativity and stuff like that. And it comes more easily to you. I think I'm also um, really nosy. Like the the writer in me is a is a yeah. people watcher, yeah. you know. And like this, everyone's got stories, haven't mm. they? So I think in that, like you're in a room full of 28 young people, mm-hmm. and there's all these stories yeah. and lives, and and also massive empath yeah. like you. So mm-hmm. there's that as well. I think of yeah. that thing where where you do nice things for other people. And everyone goes, oh, you're doing a really nice thing for those people. But actually, you're really doing it as much for yourself, aren't you? That's that's how some of us yeah, get yeah. fulfilled, yeah, for sure. is by feeling like mm-hmm. we've done something good for somebody Helped. else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely yeah. one of life's helpers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've spoken about it before in the past, but I do find it an interesting topic in terms of how young people have changed more recently and with everything that's going on. How have you kind of seen that? Oh... <sighs> Like, that is the first big sigh. Because I don't even know where to start, really. Some things have changed that are really good changes, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, we are so much more aware. I mean, I say this is really good, but of course the problem is the education system is not catching up. So what I was going to say is we're much more able to recognise that in front of you you've got 28 individuals who all maybe think and perceive the world in different ways and some of their brains process information differently and you know you put Mm. music on and it might be too there's just so many more things to consider 20 years ago those kids would have just been I've got a really difficult child in the group they can't concentrate they won't sit still you know those kind of things and and because there was no I mean I'm not sure labels are always helpful for for people because there was no label for Mm. it because we didn't really know very much about autism Mm -hmm. people that were neurodivergent um there was just so much talk about kids that were disruptive, naughty. And of course, most of those kids weren't. Mm. They just couldn't access the activity in the same way as other people could. Mm -hmm. They just weren't being properly listened to. And that's a revelation, Mm -hmm. an absolute revelation. I've got a young person in my Thursday group at the moment. There's no point in me asking this young person to sit still. It's basically saying, fail at this, fail at it, fail at it again. (laughs) You know... They can't do it, yeah. and nor should they, because mm-hmm. that's not what their body wants to do. And mm-hmm. They're not being difficult, they're not being naughty, they're completely engaged, they're really listening, they just can't sit still. Yeah. And I think that's been amazing, mm-hmm. to now always check yourself and to always think, is that young person, like, sabotaging this because they hate me yeah, and the world? So or am I not mm. presenting this information, this exercise, in a way that they can access mm. And that is really good, partly because it keeps you on your toes. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I really struggle with with teaching at the moment is I feel like there's some staleness. Part of that is to do with the fact that I can't leap around the room the way that I used to. So there's a lack of confidence there. But actually, on that side of things, generally at workshop and all of the other places that I teach, that's something that I think is a really good change. Mm -hmm. The bad stuff is like... I don't want to use the pandemic completely as an excuse because I think we're doing a lot of that and it's Mm -hmm. quite dangerous to go, oh, the pandemic's created this generation of... But I suppose it's a combination of things like schools blame social media for the decline in young people's mental health and it definitely doesn't help. Like, we we don't even need to talk about that. Like, it's obvious why Mm -hmm. you've mentioned even just talking about the number of photos that pop up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's just 
difficult, yeah. isn't it? Filtering yourself. Um, it's just so much. We could talk about yeah. social media all day. The education system itself, I just think like, sort of feel like if I was the right sort of person, if I was more of an activist, mm. that is what I would do. I'd just leave everything else that I do. If I thought I could win, yeah. if I thought I could convince the government, the country, people's parents, that Ofsteads don't really mean very much and that the education system is just beyond outdated. You know, I really don't believe it's fit for purpose, you know. Mm. I mean, the Rishi Sunak, everyone should do maths to 18. I was like, I literally like thought I was having a dream. Like, <laughs> does, does he really think that's a priority right now? No. But ever. Like, you know, the, the, how out of touch? Yeah. Like, I mean... I've nothing against maths. Like, I hugely admire people that are brilliant at maths. We need mathematicians. Mm -hmm. We certainly did in the Industrial Revolution (laughs) when the education system was created. (laughs) But for heaven's sake, until we start thinking about what is the world going to be in 20 years? Mm -hmm. I was going to say 50, but everything's moving so fast. What's the world going to be in 20 years' time? What are the... We need creative thinkers. We need... I don't know. We just, what we don't do is go, who are these people? How can we best help them mm. find the thing? You know, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Ken Robinson? You must have seen some, Oh, God. He's died now. Amazing, like, speaker on education and creativity. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I'll have to show you some because yeah, you'll, you'll love it. He, he was an amazing, amazing guy. And he basically says that, you know, the education system is basically creating university professors. You know, it's like people that carry their brain around in, in their head. Mm-hmm. And that we do need those people. But of course, we need a wealth of other sort of skills and personalities. And we've seen, I mean, I don't know whether you watched the Chris Packham thing about um, autism on the, oh my God, amazing, oh. amazing series. Chris Packham's doing these films with you know different autistic people to basically try and give people an insight into the way that minds of autistic people work and obviously they're all completely individually different but what you realize is that all of those people are completely capable of making an enormous contribution to the world Mm -hmm. and some of them are being restricted from doing that because the world just doesn't quite work Mm. you know and I mean that's just that's in terms of kids in school. When I think about things like um, how inaccessible a lot of spaces are for disabled mm. people, I think we can't even get that right. No. Think of the number of shops that you walk into where you just think, how the hell would you get down here in a wheelchair? Yeah. We, can't, like, we can't get basic things right to just mean that every human being can access spaces. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have any, any hope of getting education to change. Mm. Otherwise, if we did, if I really believed we did, I would. I think I would dedicate my life to that. Yeah. Because I, I think it's that important. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole thing needs just lifting up and mm. literally throwing in the bin and starting again. Yeah. Oh, where we start again with what you know, and and I don't mean a kind. Not that there's anything wrong with Montessori schools or whatever they're called, but I don't mean kind of saying to kids, "What do you feel like doing today?" <laughs> you know, should we paint ourselves in? <laughs> Should we paint ourselves in jam and run through the woods? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> Although that sounds fun. Sounds fun. And I'm sure you'd get more out of it than learning trigonometry. Well, trigonometry, you know, sparks the fire in some people. Oh the problem is it doesn't spark a fire in most of us. No. And so what are we learning? We're learning Friday, to fail, basically. On a Friday in year 11, I used to have triple maths. 
Triple? Yes. So in the morning, oh I'd have English. Kill me now. And then RE, and then maths, break, maths, maths. Who would do that to a child? It's awful. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that did happen during lockdown, I felt this as a teacher, but I also felt it as a parent of a student, mm. is that it was way too easy for young people to completely disengage with yeah. education. Because you, are you on this team's call or Zoom or whatever it was? Yes, I am. But my camera's off and now I'm scrolling <laughs> through social media yeah. and having a clue what you're talking yeah. about. And yeah. so... I think everybody knew that was happening, but didn't, you know, so when people say young people missed out on education, they did. And that's why, because basically teachers weren't able to engage them Mm. in the same way. And I can say from personal experience, like being on some of those university things, trying to teach drama on Blackboard Collaborate, which is the most uncollaborative thing. (laughs) Sorry, Blackboard Collaborate, but... (laughs) You know, you can see it's like there's something really soul-destroying about the fact that you can see every participant's Wi-Fi thing. So you can see when people's Wi-Fi is dropping out, like, <laughs> you know that you're going to lose them any minute. You're like, oh, <laughs> and they're gone. <laughs> so you can't even say, why oh. did you end up not in my session? Because yeah. you know they've, they've fallen out of the, the thing. But yeah, you know, you, you literally, no one had put their cameras on because they'd all just have got out of bed like two seconds before in their student accommodation that they were shut in. Yeah. Oh Nobody's God. cameras on. You just felt like you were talking to yourself. Yeah. There's no, like, it's a it's a relationship teaching. Yeah, it, is, uh, it's, yeah. it, sh- it should never be like one person talking at other mm-hmm. people. And so it was awful. It really didn't suit me at all. And especially trying to do practical drama yeah. we did some great stuff at workshop actually did, in yeah. zoom we did we did we try we really used it as an opportunity mm-hmm. to try and work in a different way but we could there mm-hmm. um yeah we made films and oh yeah we actually did some fantastically yeah. exciting things but it was hard the university stuff was particularly difficult oh, i found that really hard yeah um you didn't know who you were talking to i mean my, my, i literally might have been talking to myself <laughs> Yeah, we're in the call and now we're going off <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh no. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, where where were we? I don't where, where? <laughs> that was such a tangent, but loved it. I, I have to talk about education though. No, I know like, and I want I want to because I think it's so important. Yeah, I mean even just like on a on a minor scale, like I talked to my mum who um she was my nursery teacher actually but she worked in the same primary school for over 30 years and she said when she started there was a level of freedom in terms of like mm. curriculum uh, even curriculum and yeah. like you know you'd you'd be able to choose what would engage the kids and yes yeah. you'd have to teach English maths whatever but you'd be able to do it in a way that you could cater towards the specific children that you had mm. whereas now it's literally just like you have to be meeting like a set prescription from Ofsted or whatever. And And the weird thing is like, why? Genuinely, I'm not asking you to answer this, but why? I think it's so that you can judge every child against each other. But it's crazy, isn't it? Because you can't. It's not one size fits all. Or or at least you can on paper. But it doesn't mean anything. It literally doesn't mean anything. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Because some people don't develop really intellectually until they've left school. Mm. They come into their own at university or... I mean, it, That's it, it seems like the most obvious thing in the world when you're in the centre of it. And you're like, even... I mean, I remember going to my daughter's school. Mm. Um, somebody had asked me to be a parent ambassador and I was like, this involves having a badge. I'm there. <laughs> Stationary, is <laughs> it? <laughs> with, with parent ambassador written on it. <laughs> what a wanker. <laughs> Just let me buy a new folder. <laughs> 
Any excuse? <laughs> I think I might have a pad for this. <laughs> yeah. So like I was, I was there. I was like, yeah. come on, I can. This is a way I can make a difference. To yeah, <laughs> such yeah. an idiot. Anyway, sat around the table with these three other mums, mm. two of two of which worked in education themselves right. in schools, and the head teacher asked us something along the lines of, "What are the most important things to you as parents with your young people at this school?" Mm-hmm. And the other three all said. Exam results, discipline. I can't even remember what the third one was because I all think right, I was like, Victorian I think I was like slinking, slinking off the chair at this point, thinking, discipline. "Get, take the badge back. <laughs> <laughs> These are not my people." Oh my I was so angry. It's like, oh really? God, yeah. No. I, so she came to me, and I was all like, really. <laughs> jam and running through a forest. <laughs> Covering ourselves in jam and running through the forest. No, I think I said um, that she's happy. Oh my God, yeah. That she feels safe yeah. and that she is encouraged to yeah. discover mm. who she might be. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you think, I, I was, I constantly have moments where I, where I do that kind of thing where you go, wow, that's somebody's job. You know that? And you think, yeah. what jobs did you know about when you were at school? Like the army come in. <laughs> we know why that is. All of these boys that we can't engage with anything, yeah. let's take them, tell them to join the yeah. army. Wow. Yeah. What great expectations to have for them. And then there's like, you know, if you tell them that you like, you know, animals and you're quite a caring person, they go, you can be a teacher or a social worker. Mm-hmm. And they only say that to girls, yeah, really, as well. They don't yeah. say it to boys. It's still so gendered. gendered mm-hmm. And you literally have no idea what jobs are out there that yeah. you might be amazing at. Yeah. But it's kind of to touch back on something that you said before, like one of the biggest light bulb moments that I had about education was the fact that someone said to me that it was created during the Industrial Revolution and it was yeah. literally to make workers for yeah. the capitalistic Absolutely. structure. You Which, know. I mean, whatever we and may think feel about like where that's that, taken us, yeah. it makes sense at the yeah. time. But like, hello everyone, know, the world's we've, like we've moved on a bit yeah. since then. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It's, it's Ken Robinson. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you, may have got, you may have got it from somebody else, but yeah. that's where, Probably you know when you. somebody says something and you're like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh my God. You've yeah. just articulated in an incredibly intelligent way mm. what I feel but can't say. That's <laughs> why I'm now butchering on this podcast. So Ken Robinson yeah. used to do yeah. that. I mean, I have yeah. to say Tim Minchin does it for me quite a lot as mm. well. I'm like, why can't I say it in clever words, you Australian genius, you? <laughs> um, but, you know, that, yeah, I, that, was, that was a real yeah. light bulb moment for me as well. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so I actually, the fact that everybody was a bit like, and they weren't, I'm going to exaggerate now, she's quite good at drama. Like, that's so, what's wrong with being good at drama? Know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, nothing yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just need to, we just need to celebrate the gifts that everybody's got more, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is that difficult. No. To look back to the podcast then. <laughs> The brief How long have we got? <laughs> we have some questions coming up, which I feel like we'll return to this. Um, okay, so as soon as that was your answer to um, a time in your life that made you feel like you had your shit together. Oh, was that that? <laughs> Can I just say, you did say that I could just... Well, I, I am a waffle. I love it. I love it. I love oh, it. my God. Such a journey. We've so, cut huh? your podcast from the series. <laughs> It doesn't answer any of the questions. I'm loving it. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <clears throat> okay. Hey, Ant. Hey. 
You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. A time in your life, then, to counter that, where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together. Generally speaking, (laughs) now is a bit like that. Not now. (laughs) Not now this second. Like, I know today I said on a level level of shit to really together, feel quite together, but perimenopause is a bitch. (laughs) Hits us. (laughs) Well... Just it sort of creeps up on you, and mm-hmm. still, and I'm kind of deliberately talking about it a lot. Yeah, like, um, I deliberately say to my students, not the seven-year-olds, it's <laughs> a bit much for them, but the university students, you know, like I will sort of, if I am going bright red because I'm having a hot flush, I will say that's perimenopause. Yeah, because like, I'm so sick of or things that happen to 51% of the population yeah. just not being discussed oh, at all. Fucking and it, it can last like, about 15 years, apparently. Yeah. Crikey, as if yeah. we haven't been through enough. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think what it do, the issue with it, for me, and I know some people have really like, horrific symptoms, mm-hmm. um, awful, and uh, they're completely kind of silently suffering. And, of course, with the state of... Um, getting an appointment or not getting an appointment yeah, with a GP, etc. All yeah, of that yeah. is a bit of a postcode lottery as well at the moment. Um, so some people can't even access any support or they wouldn't think to because no one's talked to them about Don't it. Don't know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, and of course it's really weird because actually it's not, we're calling it me- menopause, but menopause is actually the, the, the final day. destination. Yeah. Like 12 yeah. months after you have your last period, there's this whole like potentially 15 years before that where like God. basically loads of stuff is happening to you that you're probably going to think is a brain tumour oh or, God. you know, your leg's going to drop off. or So it's just like yeah. there's 400, up to 400 symptoms or something. That's so That you much. can have. Yeah. So I would say what I've had is, so a bit of not great sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good sleeper normally. Um, my joints are awful. Which sounds like it, it on its own is quite a minor thing, but actually, it just means that I physically feel like I can't, like I can't bounce around the room, yeah, like I used to. So I feel like I'm doing some of that teaching from the front of the room, mm. sat down, yeah, which is not great teaching. Mm-hmm. I need to be up amongst people, and I literally feel like oh, my knees always sore, my shoulders are really stiff. You know, sometimes I put my hand into a cupboard to reach something and I literally feel as though I've broken my arm and I have to, I have to sort of yeah. hold it for a minute and then it goes away. Um, migraines. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, literally, I could, I could go and go on and on and on. None of those things independently are that bad. But, of course, together, I think what the worry is that you start to lose a bit of confidence in yeah. yourself as a working person, as a confident communicator. Yeah. You start to think things like, oh, you know, I keep having this sort of slightly brain fog. Oh, I've, now I feel underprepared for the session that I'm teaching. To, you know, it's that. Yeah. So then it's then you've. I think what probably gets a lot of people in in sort of this men, perimenopausal years is probably anxiety about yeah. not like it's hard enough trying to prove yourself all the time. Anybody actually, mm. not not just women, anybody, but to to then have something that just feels like it's just chipping away at that. Yeah. And also, you are fighting, and there's no way around it. It's not, no one's doing this to me. It's just society, just society, that bitch. Um, <laughs> but you do, you do start to feel like you should 
step aside for like for younger people to come through you start to feel a bit like and I think it is it's partly those physical symptoms and things for women I, mm-hmm. I couldn't speak for for what it's like for men but I just yeah I just think you're starting to be aware mm-hmm. <laughs> the next phase of your life yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know but also because we don't talk about this I imagine that it can feel very shame-filled. I mean, so much with women's health anyway, like, is unspoken of. Like, only in the last two years have I started having conversations with people who I know are now experiencing it. But I literally thought it just happened, then it was done. (laughs) I didn't know that it had all of these things coming up. This is, like, my future as well. Literally, how would you? How would you know? Because no one talks to you about it at all. Nobody mentioned it. As a man, I've never been taught anything about it. Yeah, but so, what if, but what you, if it was men going but, through it? We'd fucking talk but, about it all the time. But listen, but you won't. I, but I should have been. Yeah, you won't have even age. been talked to about periods, though. You'll have been sent out the room at primary yeah, but, school while we were taken off to be told about periods because <laughs> periods don't affect men at no, all, do they? It's, Ridiculous. It's, it's, <laughs> it's shame, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Trying to work out where that shame comes from. Yeah, obviously. The patriarchy, <laughs> which affects us all, Ding! you know, actually does affect us all, no, doesn't course, it? But yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 more than that, and uh, you know, we've got a yeah. That's why I'm talking openly about yeah. it. I suppose you know, good on good on Davina, I suppose oh, for for yeah. getting that really getting that conversation yeah, yeah. started. But you know, for like, look at her; she's a perfect example of a really confident, amazing professional yeah. TV presenter. Well, she talks about it. She forgot someone's name that she was interviewing. Oh I mean, in that job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could and that's not li- that's not even life changing. Like she could have got away with that. Everyone makes mistakes, but yeah. you know, if you're a brain surgeon and yeah. you're experiencing brain fog, mm-hmm. like that's somebody that's life or death. So you know, everybody needs to be shouting about it, so Definitely. it just becomes a completely normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, at right now, I would say because of that, I always feel slightly like I've, I'm not quite firing on I'm not quite able to reach my capacity because mm-hmm. I'm just feeling a bit uncertain. I suppose. Well, it's like you're you're going through like a prolonged transformation I guess and you know I guess that's why it is called the change I'm trying yeah. to remember yeah, yeah. I listened to a podcast the change with, yeah Davina McCall had a word for it maybe it was the change she talks about it she has like a word for it that well I think that's the thing that everyone used to call better, it didn't they yeah. because I don't know what was wrong with saying well, menopause like behind... yeah it's like a, a way it's like um I now realize when I th- when you think back to people talking about you know their wives maybe in their 50s and sort of saying She's got problems with her nerves. Like, she hasn't got problems with her nerves, <laughs> has she? No. Right? She's menopausal and yeah. nobody understands. Yeah. It was that, wasn't it? Yeah. And and not so long ago, back in that industrial revolution, men were able to go, oh, this, this one's lost her mind, put yeah. her in an asylum. God, yeah. <laughs> I'll marry a younger woman. And literally yeah. that happened all the time. Yeah. Loads of women were put in asylums because of their nerves. God. And actually, it was their body, like, naturally ending a cycle of, frankly, hard work and suffering for another. It's anyway, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? it, Yeah, it's just, it's fucking never ended. (laughs) Well, it is ending. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, loads of people say they find that very liberating. So in in a weird way, I think, I don't know about everybody, I'm slightly worried that I'll grow a beard. (laughs) (laughs) You'd rock a beard. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> in which case, I will embrace it. I'll cover it in jam and run through the forest. <laughs> um, but like a lot of people say, actually, once it's over, there's a sense of liberation yeah, yeah. from all of that, actually, yeah. from those 40 years yeah. of, you know, it all. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even, I mean, I've been very lucky. Like, I've not had a terrible time mm. at all with periods or anything. Oh, so in that, in that sense, I'm really lucky. And even I'm aware of the challenges. So I can't imagine what it's like for some people who are just like suffering in silence. Mm. 
So, yeah. yeah, not brilliantly together right now. And mm. there's probably loads of other occasions I could talk about, but that feels the most... No, that's like a palpable ...current one. and yeah. also feels like a useful thing to talk definitely. about. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I just think it's so mad, like, and only recently now, I mean, I'm 27 <clears> now and I'm only just starting having conversations with my friends about, like, periods or, like, sexual health for women or mm-hmm. just all of those things that just would be so much easier if we were given space to talk about it in like without shame because it's something that we're all going through but we're made to feel isolated in that experience honestly like if men were experiencing it it would be talked about all the time if men had periods then they would have days off and the shame in terms of like someone being um basically just saying that someone's hormonal or something like that and that's the reason why they're just makes me so angry yeah. <laughs> I'm well, not, um, and, and articulate it, myself very well. And right it now, takes but. me back to the education thing because yeah. if we can't even get a basic thing like that right, yeah. I mean, you know, where basically you can't go to the toilet at school. Oh, that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's bad enough. Like, you know, if I hear one more teacher say to a child, why didn't you go to the toilet at break? And a child doesn't stand up and shout back at that teacher because I didn't need a wee at break, <laughs> but I do need one now. I mean, like, yeah. it's such a... It's the most preposterous thing. Mm. Like, if you're teaching a good lesson, I mean, apart from... No, let's go back, actually, and just talk about the state of school toilets. Nobody, unless they're a a challenged child who doesn't want to be in any of the classes Mm. anyway, in which case they need a different approach, nobody wants to spend more time in school toilets than they absolutely have to. Mm -mm. They're going, they're doing what they need to do, and they're getting back to the class as soon Mm -hmm. as possible. 95% of them. Why treat them like they're some kind of criminal lawbreaker (laughs) before they've done anything wrong? Like, it's just, it's completely, completely ridiculous. And again, completely ignores the fact that you've got girls all over the country paranoid that they're bleeding yeah. through their school uniform yeah. onto a chair which means they can't concentrate yeah. and that happens in exams yeah. whole exam period is what a month of exams every single yeah menstruating person yeah. in that room is yeah. going to be on their period at some point during the exam mm. phase and is going to be possibly sat there worrying about whether they're going to make it to mm. the end of the exam mm-hmm. and par- panicking about putting their hand up mm-hmm. and yeah it's just shit isn't it it's, yeah it's mad it's mad. Yeah. Yeah. But we all sort of accept it because it's just the way it's been. It's the way it is. It's the way it's been for a long time. Mm. It's... Mm. Always reminds me of that um, speech in Fleabag, which is like women have had pain built into their bodies. It's beautiful, and isn't men it? men have to go out and search for it. It's a brilliant... It's amazing. I mean, it's... Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's one of those... Yeah, it's just a brilliant piece of writing. It really strikes a chord. Yeah. And and it's true. Yeah. It really is. Mm. And that's not men's fault either, that they have to go and search for it. Like, you can't help it if you haven't got something either, can you? (laughs) We could swap for a day, though. I wouldn't mind that. Um, Okay, I feel like we've probably answered some of this, but we can repeat things. Three things that make you feel like shit. Unfairness. (laughs) She's broad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, I think that's what other people would say about me as well. Like, if something isn't fair... Injustice. Yeah, yeah. And it can be anything from, like, famously, in another one of my moments in my life where I definitely didn't have my shit together, which was when I had young children. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a ch- shock to the system. Oh. <laughs> Going from being a really together organised person who taught and people respected and <laughs> asked about work to, you know, being a mums and toddlers group with people saying, have they tried raisins yet? Well, <laughs> oh, my God. When did I become this person? So I did have this moment in 
Sainsbury's in Stockport where mm. I'd been waiting. Oh, this is this is so pathetic, but this is who I am, so I might as well be honest. Uh, I'd been waiting for a parent and child parking space for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and somebody came the wrong way around the car park, not following the arrows, <laughs> <laughs> and went into the space. Oh, my God. I was sat indicating to go in. That and is audacious. It, it tipped me over the edge, I'll yeah. be honest with you. So I parked somewhere else and then I followed this woman round the <laughs> supermarket. I had my mum with me and everything. <laughs> Toby in a pushchair and my mum. And at the end of every single aisle, there I was waiting for her. Glaring. <laughs> and as she walked past me, I would say, still no children with you? Because <laughs> she parked in a parent and child's place. Because as she, to be fair, go back, track back, track back. <laughs> as she got out of the car, I yeah. got out of the, she parked and got out of the mm. car and I got out of the car and said, excuse me, that's a parent and child space. She said, I'm meeting my children inside. Oh. So I thought, are oh, you now? Are you? Are you? <laughs> well, we'll see we'll about see that. <laughs> and then I literally think I must have been on the verge of some sort of breakdown because then at the till... We ended up at before, we I ended hope. up at a, a till. I don't even remember what I bought. I don't even know what I wanted from there. We Not ended up at a till next to each other, and I announced. I literally announced to the whole shop, "This woman is a liar." <laughs> Shame. She parked in a parent jet. My mum's like going, Stop. "Bring it back! Bring it back!" It's too far gone. Too far gone. Did you throw yeah. her eggs on the floor? No, I didn't do. I wouldn't. I didn't do anything physically to her because <laughs> that would be criminal. But I made sure everybody knew. Everybody in that Sainsbury's knew that this woman had. This is my child. He's eighteen months old. We had to park. And this is my mother, and I am her child. <laughs> two generations of children here. Exactly. This woman still has none with her. <laughs> I mean, it was you know, like I'm not proud of it. But it does sort of sum up what I'm like. <laughs> so hates injustice. Yeah, Fair. but it, it literally can be something tiny like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just, just why can't people just be good people? Mm. It really, really upsets me. I'm trying to think. There's got to be at least. I mean, I must be able to dig out four or five of those kind of stories because I've definitely done some crazy shit in my time <laughs> in the name of fairness <laughs> I think sometimes James can see that I'm going like maybe my eyes change like the Hulk you know and he's like uh oh <laughs> she's going I think he probably worries that it'll get me into trouble because mm-hmm. I am that person who mm-hmm. if something happened on a tram I would have to stand up for I've somebody I've got that in me yeah, yeah. and yeah you have yeah. We, we are yeah. we're aligned, aligned in that aren't very we very much so I always remember there was a time when I was living in Oxford um, and I was walking home with my boyfriend at the time and I think it was like a Friday night and there were this like tussle started and this guy had like pushed someone to the ground or something like this. And I was like, I don't know, I just was like so red and I like went and I broke them. I was like, get off him, get off him, get off him. Pushed him away. And I was like, to the guy on the floor, I was like, are you okay? Da, 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 da. And then as we were walking away, Hal was like, you know, he was the one who started the fight. <laughs> and I'm like completely aligned myself with the guy who was lying on the floor. <laughs> Oops. I'm here for you. You've got an ally here. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Have a go, hero. No, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's three. So that's one. Yeah, that one. Uh-huh. I probably went big a bit early there, didn't I? Don't I? Know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was big, but also very small. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad. <laughs> um, there'll be a woman somewhere in Stockport telling the story from the other side. <laughs> This mad woman had been obviously let out for the day. 
So, yeah, not very proud of this. I do have to fight a little bit the kind of looking at how brilliant other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Comparison. Yeah, <clears throat> maybe I would even go as far as saying I, I have to fight the jealousy thing. Okay. I think I, I think I could easily allow myself to really get quite jealous of other mm-hmm. people's success. Mm-hmm. And I, I fight that because I don't think that's... But it's not nice and it's also not healthy. And it's pointless. Yeah. It doesn't but, change anything. But I think there's power in being able to <clears throat> speak <clears throat> honestly about it. I think a lot of people, everyone feels that. <laughs> yeah, I think like, I've got better at yeah. just... I, I suppose as you gain more experience, you realise that you're not them, they're not you. Mm-hmm. What you offer is different. Yeah. What, you, you know, I, mm-hmm. it's something... But it is. I, I recognise it myself because I've always... It's something I've always admired about James is that he is... Never like that. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever, ever mm-hmm. seen him be like that. He is continually celebratory of other people's talents and successes. Which is an amazing rare. Yeah. I think it's really, really rare. <clears throat> you know, like, as, as, a, as a talented musician mm. like he is, he would be the first person to say, oh, my God, I've seen this incredible musician. Wow. We have to get them into workshop to oh work. Oh, my God. No, he really would. Yeah. He really would. Yeah. I would find that difficult the yeah. other way around, you know, to be, mm. to be, you know, seeing this amazing writer. If I'm totally honest with myself, I'd be thinking, I think they're a bit better than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to come and write something. I'll never write again, you know, <laughs> over-dramatising yeah. it all. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm like that, yeah. 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 And I'm going to go for a bit of a frivolous one, if okay. it's okay for my yeah. third. So I, I said before about the, the Victoria sponge, I do have a bit of a reputation for baking, actually. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I once made a really terrible cake. <laughs> and I mean, it was not just, not just aesthetically like... Aesthetically or... No, not just aesthetically. Oh, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like it was a child's birthday cake as well. Oh, no, it looked fantastic. It was like all covered right. in chocolate Smarties all mm-hmm. over the top. It looked amazing, yeah. but was really unpleasant. In what sense? Are we talking bland? salty, oh, I seem to remember. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd added salt instead of sugar, sugar yeah. or whether it was a bit of a bicarbonate of soda thing. Mm-hmm. Something had gone terribly wrong. Oh. And of course, everyone was so used to kind of me baking stuff and them going, yeah, give me some of the, you know, <laughs> that there was this kind of awful two minutes where everyone was like, mm. <laughs> It was like Empress New Clothes. Is anyone going to say? I think it probably was a child that went, yeah, this is absolutely (laughs) disgusting. So, yeah, that was... And I think, bizarrely, Mm -hmm. I because there's an expectation... Yeah, of celebration around your cake. Like, I have made some seriously good cakes, but what's the one cake that everybody reminds me of? The salt cake. That one. (laughs) Literally. Everybody reminds me about it all the time. Like, that was (laughs) this one time... (laughs) Where the cake went wrong. Do you remember what flavour it was meant to be? Oh, chocolate, definitely. Chocolate, like a salt. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, you know. Oh On a pretzel, it works. Mm, a little bit mm, of salt mm-hmm. with chocolate, but not... Salted caramel. Yeah, yeah. but not, not... Well... In that instance, it didn't work, oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a real shame. Three things that make you feel like the shit. Is that a, a, a cool, edgy way of saying great? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. We are cool and edgy. <laughs> well, to stick on the uh, baking theme, yeah, you must. I have mastered. Oh, I thought of another thing that makes me feel terrible, and you that's can... that I can't hula hoop. Okay, and that is, uh, and I sort of say that jokingly, but, but it's quite a significant thing for me, actually. 
Because your parents were hula hoopers. <laughs> no, just because I should be able to do it. It's not that hard, is it? Is it that hard? I think it is harder than it looks. I just can't do it. I think here's here's the issue, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it's that. That's, it's like it's a it's a metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> I think some people. Uh, just buy like the flimsy hula hoops and actually you need to get the height in relation to your height and the weight in relation to your weight correct can i just say i've been here before i've had okay. these conversations i've tried the just just you know move your hip as though you're shutting a car door I've, <laughs> I've tried all of that and and basically what happens is one rotation and a flop it's oh, just God. no it's wow. terrible okay. anyway onto the positive things <laughs> i have mastered a bakewell tart okay Including my own pastry, Wowzers. and this is significant. Is that a short, short crust. Mm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I, I wouldn't waste time making a puff pastry. You, why would you? Mm-mm. It takes ages. You can just buy it for a quid. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and that feels quite significant actually, because Bakewell tarts are phenomenal. Yeah. So there's that. That's a good thing yeah. at the moment. What Do else people makes talk me... about that one? <laughs> or just the salty one? Um. Some people talk about that one. <laughs> I made one last weekend for someone's birthday and he, oh. they were very happy about that. Um, what else makes me feel... It does... Um, so as in kind of my writing capacity, there have been a couple of occasions now where I've sat in the audience of something mm-hmm. and that nobody... Like, they don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. And I've heard people say really nice stuff. And that's, <gasps> that's good. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. Because mm. I'm, I'm less, I'm actually not as bothered about critique and stuff anymore. Mm. I used to take some of that stuff quite personally. I don't really now. I mm. kind of accept now that you can't please everybody, yeah. nor should you try. Yeah, yeah. And that if you make something, some people are going to like it and some people aren't. But if yeah. you can really connect with one person, mm. I mean, the, the, the Wii review thing that we got for Bodder in Edinburgh, mm. that guy, it was like the review, it was like he'd been inside my head. Mm. of what I wanted to say like, yeah. and I was just like I don't care now what anyone else thinks yeah 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 like he got someone's it someone's understood yeah. your messaging yeah, yeah. for it yeah and, and that's I, I don't know yeah so that was that that was a, that's a nice thing is mm-hmm. when people appreciate something that you've made yeah. I suppose um, what else I could say obvious things like Having my children, but I don't want to leave one of them out. But I did have, well, you, can you know, I had Elsie at, at home on the bedroom carpet. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So that oh was quite God. a. Yeah. Yeah. So Toby's birth was not difficult, mm. but just like a classic. Not not had a baby before. Went into hospital too early. All took ages. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of fear because you don't really know what's happening and all of that. But yeah, Elsie just kind of flew out on the bedroom carpet, oh and that God. was. A bit terrifying at the time, but immediately then, like, the most amazing thing. Yeah. And I think we did feel quite like, we are incredible. <laughs> we have birthed our own child. <laughs> James definitely did, because he got loads of attention. Like, every How midwife that came it? around, oh, well done. Well done, Dad. It's, <laughs> it's like... It's like <laughs> don't worry about me <laughs> only had two paracetamol oh my god <laughs> didn't even get my tens machine on oh, wow. um but yeah that was <laughs> got all this to look forward to um but yeah that was quite a moment wow you know a kind like of quite that. a surreal yeah um experience wow we were in bed by i think she was born at like nine o'clock or something we were like sat in, sat in bed with a cup of tea at 11 o'clock with her fa- she fast asleep she slept all the way through the night we were like oh my god get us 
this one's going to be a breeze. <laughs> Not. Wow. God. Yeah. That's crazy. It was. Wow. Well, what were the questions? <laughs> <laughs> Three things that make you feel like this shit, but like... Oh, well, come on. Yeah, that like was. Yeah. yeah. Popping a baby out at home. I mean, there might even have been some shit involved. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think not, but I was busy at the time. <laughs> that's another thing. Can I just it. say, that's, an- yeah. <laughs> that's another thing no one talks to you about, is it? No. I learned that from a Victoria Wood sketch where she sort of, <laughs> she, did this, she did this sketch about, you know, saying, well, actually, it was more about hemorrhoids, but she, <laughs> she said something about, um, it was a joke, which I kind of laughed. I loved her. Mm-hmm. Loved her so much growing up. Yeah. I used to recite all of the stuff mm-hmm. and she said this thing that was something like um, and no one tells you about the hemorrhoids and then she went mine was massive I phoned <laughs> my mother knit two hats so I was like for for years as a teenager I was like two hats What's that? so and now I realise that a lot of people have hemorrhoids and I didn't know that people some people obviously knit hats for them do themselves <laughs> no I don't think anyone knits a hat for them I think that <laughs> genuinely was a comedian's joke <laughs> But no, but you know, <laughs> if there's anything in your bowel, it's coming out, isn't it? If you're pushing that oh, hard. Absolutely, yeah, you can't decipher the different holes. Shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a problem deciphering the different holes, I find. <laughs> Too many. Wow, okay. What question are we on? Oh, God. <laughs> right, <clears throat> come on, serious. I'm laughing because of the next one. <laughs> God, oh no. You can't say giving birth for this one. Okay. Something that makes you lose your shit. <laughs> in a positive way. In a positive way. way. Uh, right, in a positive way, that's dead easy. Like mm-hmm. um, working in a room, creating theatre with talented people. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I just... That's the shit. Oh my God, I just... Like, I... When people ask me about teaching, I normally talk about the fact that when I went into the drama studio at Bramall High mm. with Steve Dolan, said mm. drama teacher, I remember kind of feeling like, oh, this is this is my place. This is like this this is where this is where I can do the thing that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And I sort of thought that that might over time kind of go away. And I don't like I get you know you know the before starting school in September the yeah. new bag and you get the sort of butterflies so in the and I get that giddy. If I know I'm starting a theatre thing. Yeah, yeah. still. Yeah. Exactly the same feeling. Like mm-hmm. I literally go back to being 11 and and, yeah. and doing drama. Yeah. Um, I just love it. And then just being, just being with talented people mm-hmm. and just being in awe of people's talent. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like a palpable, like, magical energy within the room, isn't it? Yeah. That you're, like, facilitating, I guess. and Or just watching watching it all yeah. unfold sometimes, mm-hmm. just being witness to it, just kind of genuinely feeling quite privileged sometimes yeah. to just see something happening. Seeing people being in their element, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. You know, and feeling comfortable. Like, it's that environment where if everybody's giving their best to something yeah. I don't know that's really great so that's in a positive way mm-hmm. in a negative way what makes me lose my shit um, okay. So, okay so I've got a, a not hugely interesting one we live next door to a nursery and uh-huh. quite often people do park across the drive yeah I think it slightly falls into the injustice thing again though <laughs> slightly because sometimes like I've, I've literally come home before and not been able to get mm-hmm. into my drive because mm-hmm. someone's parked over it and then they come out 
five minutes later from the nursery carrying two kids and then you sort of feel guilty. (laughs) And they're like, I've only been a few minutes. And you think, well, you haven't. You've been five (laughs) minutes. And what if I had to get into my house? (laughs) To get an emergency Bakewell tart out of the oven, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that that really riles me. But I think that is also about the unfairness thing. It's mm. like just don't do stuff yeah. that just deliberately will upset other yeah, people. Like people. park a bit further down the road yeah. and walk, you lazy so and so. That annoys me. Um, I know what else really uh-huh. gets me: um, mindless vandalism. Okay. So, like, I remember once in our old house, because we lived opposite a park, and at this time of year, obviously the crocus and the daffodil and stuff start Mm -hmm. to come through, and you've got that lovely kind of sense of the beginning of spring and everything changing. And there was this one particular day where somebody, I'm not going to speculate that it might have been a group of youths, (laughs) (laughs) because I like youths, Um, but basically someone had walked through the park Mm -hmm. kicking the head off every single daffodil. Oh, how sad. There you go. Wow. That, so that, bush shelters smashed in. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. Just like, why? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I know we could dig down and work out why. Yes, but, yes. But superficially, mm. pointless yeah. acts of, that don't serve any purpose yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. That really pisses me off, actually. <laughs> In fact, I'm now getting really angry about that. I'll never well, forget but... that battlefield of dead daffodils. <laughs> it's awful. Oh my God, a massacre. A, ma- a daffodil massacre. Oh my God. Yeah. And they only bloom once a year. It was like spring, everyone. That was it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> moment you found some shit out about yourself my mind goes to something really stupid like when I discovered I really can't ski (laughs) (laughs) that's a story I want to hear because I went on a skiing trip with school and essentially got the record for the slowest time (laughs) on record for doing the mini slalom at the end of the week because I didn't just lose my ski I lost the boot (laughs) literally literally Wow. Longest time ever to complete the course. Out of your school? Come on. Or just no, like I anyone think on the any, course ever? Anyone on the planet. Oh my God. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure that's, that's been quite broken the title. now. I'm sure that's been broken now. Wow. It's a very long time ago. <laughs> Surely someone has been shitted and I have in that time. <laughs> have you skied since? Um, yeah, I went again in sixth form and wow. I, I styled it out then. I was a yeah, bit yeah. like. Kept the boot on. Kept the boot on, yeah. Never skied? Haven't you? Famously, no. Well, it's... I struggle enough on dry land, let alone... It's not a, it's not a particularly accessible sport, is it? Mm. Let's be honest. Mm. I mean, you know, ne- I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to go now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think if I was a young person. It's yeah. quite crazy expensive. Yeah. And yeah. schools don't go, you know, to Austria on a fairly rubbish coach. They go off to Canada on a plane. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we're talking about thousands of pounds to do a trip like that. It's, it's crazy, crazy. Mm. Um, so there you go. There's a frivolous one. Um, I mean, oh God, there just are, there are pivotal moments in your life, I suppose, as you become an adult. Like, you know, I do think, like, you learn a lot about yourself when you're a parent. Mm. I don't think, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, it's not supposed to, but like, I don't, I don't think I've quite lived up to being the parent that I thought I was going to be because I'm so good with other people's children. Mm. Like I thought I'd be like a Mother Earth. <laughs> like, you know, my children would just do 
lovely things, and, you know, <laughs> all of that. And and actually did find all of that quite hard, yeah. especially having two kids at home. Like, I really, I think I really lost myself mm. a bit in that. I think, by the way, that's completely normal because, yeah. like I said before, you go from being a working person who, you know, has stuff to say about interesting yeah. things. And you have your own identity other than yeah. your children. And, and yeah, and suddenly you are literally defined by this small person that you're mm. carrying around and people are talking to you about poo. Yeah. It's yeah. It's such a weird yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. to suddenly end up in. And with people that you wouldn't normally choose to be friends with maybe. I mean yeah. I I've, I've I'm lucky I've I got a couple of amazing friends through those years. Um but also some people that just came and went because we never would have been friends mm. normally. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. And I'm not. I'm not saying that I think I'm a terrible parent, but no, I just. No. I think I am, and I think I'm probably quite critical. Yeah. Of myself in terms of my parenting as well, but um, but yeah, I definitely learned that I, like, I learned things about. I realised like I, that I actually can be really impatient, mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Which I suppose I didn't know before. Yeah, I suppose it's like anything though. You can have an idea of what you think you would be like at the time that you have children, but then the actuality of, like, when those children arrive and... and well, and also yeah. to make the decision to do it now. Yeah. To, to do... Because to, there's so many... There's a reasonable number of reasons that you could decide not to have children, yeah. aren't there? To make that sort of decision, mm. in a way, you have to sell it to yourself. Yeah, like, This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. We're going to have these perfect babies that yeah, they're going to yeah. sleep through and, you know, it's, yeah. it'll only be for a couple of months and all of that kind of stuff, which for most people is true, but, you know, it it it's a... It's a a very big Oof. responsibility, yeah, yeah. bearing in mind all of the other things that we've talked about, to mm. be the person that has to try and guide somebody through that. Yeah, it's very selfless in a way. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Do people do people have chil- children for selfless reasons? Or I don't. Do they think, do it so that they're not going to grow old alone. I don't, I don't know. think the decision is selfless, but I think then when you have the children, you ha- you kind of forced into a position of like having to put yourself after the children a lot of the time. Not that everyone does that, but. I think if you're the the primary caregiver, yeah. I'm being careful there to not say the mother because yeah, yeah. I think traditionally it probably still is yeah. mainly mothers, but we are seeing less and less mm. of that. Very much depends on, you know, whose careers and jobs mm. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think if you're that primary caregiver, I mean, I wouldn't change any of it, but yeah, so like even, I mean, stupid things like the number of hours I spent on the side of a football pitch <laughs> as it happens. I quite like football, so it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, for people that don't, flipping heck. Yeah, it's yeah. like three times a week for yeah. 15 years or something. Yeah. You know, time where I could have been somewhere else doing mm. something for me. Yeah. amount of time my dad stood chaperoning at Oldham Theatre Workshop. I know, I know. And now he's treading the boards there. So. I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, true. so true, so Just true. waiting on the sidelines for his me this moment. Morning. Oh, did he? He did. Oh, did he? He said, have a, have a lovely time with Aww. my daughter. <laughs> Right. I will. Don't worry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's so yeah, one. maybe, maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe that would be a good yeah. one. Yeah. Shittest piece of advice you've received? Oh God, I'm going to go with this one because it's the first one that jumped into my head. Mm-hmm. So at Central, um, so this sort of involves. Our, I'm not going to mention her because I actually love her to pieces now, but she didn't know me that well then. Mm-hmm. Um, our course leader. In the third year, I wanted to write something. Given that, I mean, what, I was 18, 19 then, maybe, third year. Um, and it took me till I was about 30 to call myself a writer. But it was obviously, I I was a writer. Mm-hmm. I wrote the 
charity piece in year seven. I was. I just couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't call myself it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically for our final pieces, our kind of IPPs, they were called Individual Practical Projects, I wanted to write a, a one-woman show for this other northern actor mm-hmm. to perform. And the course leader sat me down and said, I don't think you should write something. Why don't you just, why don't you just choose a play and direct it? And even suggested a play for me to do, actually. And it came at that moment from mm-hmm. what she knew about me. It probably right. came from a really good place, but it would have been really terrible advice if I'd followed it, I think. Why do you think she said that? I'd like to think that. She just didn't know. It was, it was I don't know, a lot of people on the course, a lot of us didn't really. I was a bit of a grey area mm-hmm. student. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like, I wasn't yeah. bothered about that. But I think she probably didn't know whether or not I was capable of writing something. Yeah. There was not necessarily... She hadn't necessarily seen any evidence mm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, as it happened, I ended up then with a different tutor supervising me for that project. Mm-hmm. And he was completely different. He was like, do what you want. If you feel like you want to write something, write something. Mm-hmm. I, d- I think if I hadn't written anything for that, I probably, I don't know, I might not have carried on. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day because I was watching some of the students at uh, Salford doing some of their third-year pieces and kind of reflecting back, like James and I were. Mm. I mean, this is a great thing about James and I having trained together because we had all of those things together. We're like walking the dog the other night, talking about ours and going, actually, you know, they were really quite good for like undergrad work. Mm. Really proud of my... When I think of it now, you know, it was like this one-woman show, but I've created this huge bed massive like oversized bed so that she looked tiny on it mm-hmm. I can't remember all of it but I know that I'd thought about a couple of really beautiful theatrical moments yeah. like I had this wooden bird puppet that she you could pull a string on it and then it's and then it flapped wow. and I had a light coming down so you had this enormous shadow of this flying bird on the mm-hmm. bed and I remember at the time thinking get me <laughs> get me come on national just employ me now <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't have even... I probably didn't know what the National Theatre was, particularly then. Um, so, you know, yeah. Oh, there'll have been loads. Mm. You, I'm very... Um, probably unfairly so sometimes, but I am very... I'm very careful about who I listen to. I do get a very strong gut feeling about people, and it doesn't mean I can't be friends with them, but whether I really listen to what they're mm. advising me, there's very few people whose advice I trust. Trust is earned, isn't it? So Well, I think I trust my own yeah, opinions on things, is, rightly or wrongly, yeah. I think. I think that's a good quality, actually. Um, shit you wish you'd known sooner. In the words of Run DMC, <laughs> it's like that, and that's the way it is. Wow. <laughs> Beautifully put. Thank you. Yeah, it's a bit, it is what it is vibes. And oh no no because that that's got like terrible Love Island don't get me started all over it it is what it is oh, shut up um, but you know like there's like some that. things that you can't control yeah. like pick your battles mm-hmm. um, don't I mean this in a nice way don't care too much yeah. like you can care too much and it's just going to get you nowhere it's just going to make you sad and um, hopeless mm-hmm. you know. I think it's it's sort of a version of live for the moment. Yeah, be in the moment. Yeah, mm. definitely. I could definitely I like do that. that a bit more. Yeah. But it's a bit obvious, isn't it? So let's stick with Run DMC and 
wasn't just Run DMC, was it? Who was it? Run DMC and Grandmaster. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to play the song in the head. Anyway, it's like that, and that's the way it is. That <laughs> let's go with that. I love that. Um, okay, so I asked you to prepare a shit shot, which is a photo of yourself that, to the outside mm. eye, looks like you had your shit together. I'm not sure it does. Okay. I struggled to find a photo, to be honest. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a specific thing, isn't it? But it is in black and white, okay. so it's got, like, headshot vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the closest to headshot vibe that uh-huh. I had. Um, and, yeah, so it's to the outside eye. It seems like you have your shit together, but you actually didn't really feel like you did at the time. Yeah, but for, yeah. honestly, like, for really boring reasons, mm. I, I had to produce a photo for something like for you know going going in a program mm-hmm. had to have a bio and yeah. shot really quickly i was at work at manchester high school for girls teaching lambda which there's nothing wrong with lambda or high, mm. manchester high school for girls but it's not the place for me <laughs> um i was covering for somebody mm-hmm. and literally got this phone call in a 5 minute break oh, saying God. and yeah. and so literally it was taken against a wall as yeah. a selfie you know <laughs> uh, and and was th- like the most rushed thing in the world no exciting story there, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's all right. But I, this is what I mean. I don't... There aren't that many photos of mm. me. I realize, I didn't realise until I had to look for one, but I was yeah. like, oh, I don't take very many photos of myself. That's interesting. I didn't really judge that particularly either way, but I just yeah. don't. I think, I think that tendency has become more and more, I guess, with like younger generations who are just constantly seeing versions of themselves and yeah. pictures of themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether if it wasn't for like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, I would have taken as many pictures of myself as I do now. No. Whereas I've, I feel like I'm now at that age where I'm a, a bit out of touch with technology. Mm. You know, like all the stuff that people do on Instagram where there's like stuff coming down and there's letters going like this. And this. <laughs> I'm like, I can just about post a photo. And, you know, when somebody puts something on that I like, I'm like, I'll just send them a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I can't repost that simple. with a comment on it and, a, and an at such and such. <laughs> I can't be asked, to be honest. That's the truth. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, but Fair I can't enough. be bothered. Yeah. It's not that I don't love you, but... Yeah. I can't be asked. No, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> Honesty, there you go. Yeah. It's like that, and that's the way it is. <laughs> it's going to be my new mantra. So, Sarah Nelson, have you got your shit together? Has anyone? No, well, clearly not. Mm-mm. I've got aspects of mm-hmm. my shit together. Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you temporarily, yes. momentarily have your shit together and then at other times be complete car crash? Yeah. Let's have it at that then. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that is thematic throughout life, is that it's a series of feeling okay and then not, and then okay again, maybe. Yeah. But there's always something to aim for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I long to be in that place where I do fully yeah. have all it all happening. Folders are in order. All of the pads are full of beautiful plays <laughs> about beautiful people doing just things in the world. <laughs> and children running through woods covered <laughs> <Good> in jam. <laughs> Running away from maths classes. <laughs> Shouting, trigonometry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's an achievable dream. Yeah. And a very appropriate place to end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. <gasps> Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. 
See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together? Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you